I'm Cindy Boxer, and you are listening to the Fiber Artist Podcast, where we chat with artists, makers, and creatives who work with fiber, get to know their stories, how they came upon their fiber practice, and more about the person behind the work. In today's episode, I chat with Brooklyn-based fiber artist Alicia Scardetta. Alicia's beautiful and painstakingly wrapped tapestries are an exercise in absolute patience and a huge celebration of color. Her work has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Design Sponge, and American Craft, among other places. You can find her at aliciascardetta.com and on Instagram at aliciascardetta. Uh, but first, are you a creative who works with fiber? You can get 15% off your next order at naromastudio.com and at merrymakerstudio.com.au with the code the Fiber Artist Podcast. That's fiber spelled the American way with an E-R. Again, the code for 15% off is the Fiber Artist Podcast. Okay then, without further ado, here is Alicia Scardetta. Hi, Alicia. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to be able to finally get a chance to talk to you because I've been following you on Instagram for a while. Um, so yeah, yeah thank- thanks so much for having me. Of course. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's just start from the beginning. Um, you know, like where, let's give everybody an idea of um, you know where you are right now and where you live and do you um, you know what your current living situation is like. Yeah, cool. So I live in Brooklyn, New York. I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas, where I lived um, my entire life up until when I went to college. Mm -hmm. So I moved to Brooklyn for college, and then I ended up staying here, and I've been here for almost 10 years now. Oh, nice. And yeah. So you're like an official New Yorker now. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. Yeah, I finally made it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and I live um, in Sunset Park with my husband. I got married last year, so that was pretty exciting. but that's pretty much where I'm at yeah cool um did you guys meet in New York yeah we did we met in New York but we are weirdly from the same place but both went here for college and met in college yeah okay cool so where did you go to school I went to Pratt oh nice that's such a good school um what did you study there at Pratt I studied fine art drawing um and when I was there I also interned at the Textile Arts Center and at Dudenne Paper Mill. Oh, I love yeah. Dudenne. That's so cool. Okay, yeah. so I guess this is where let let's go let's go even further back than this. Tell me cool. about um, you know, your life as a kid and growing up in San Antonio, and um, you know, what kind of brought you up to this point in your life and how you find how you found fiber art. Yeah, I guess growing up, I always did a lot of art and San Antonio has like, there's a really nice culture in San Antonio where you have like a lot of different things going on all the time. There's art museums and there's a lot of Mexican American culture there, Mm -hmm. which is really exciting and like fun to be a part of. And growing up, I would we would do like a lot of like arts activities in San Antonio, but we also would try to travel a lot. And I feel like that was pretty instrumental to a lot of the things that I'm inspired by now. Um, Just like growing up in the Southwest and the colors and all the landscape there was really inspiring. And then, yeah. So then I went to college at Pratt and while I was at Pratt, I was a drawing major and a lot of my work was works on paper and I started to want to like make things that were more tactile Mm -hmm. and sort of like take the line off of the page, which I feel like a lot of people who do come into fiber art have sort of a similar 
thing where they start like drawing or painting and then kind of want to move into something like that. So at Pratt, they didn't really have any textile classes. There's fashion majors, but you kind of have to be a fashion major and then you're making apparel. So I looked outside my coursework for internships, which brought me to Dudenate and then to Textile Arts Center. And I interned at the Textile Arts Center, I think in the second or third year after it was founded. So it was pretty early on. Very early on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So um, did you have artists in the family? It sounds like as you were growing up, there was like a sort of purposeful exposure to art for you. Yeah, my grandpa actually is an artist. I mean, he it's not like his career, but he makes like paintings and has always been interested in art. And my mother too has like, she has like an artistic, like raw talent that she doesn't use that much, but she's very interested in art. In my family, it was always important to like go to museums and see different things, like to kind of take us out of our bubble and like expose us to other things like mm. art. Yeah. Yeah. So when, so then when you were in college, you interned at the Textile Arts Center. Um, tell me about that, that experience and, you know, so what it did for you and how you felt yeah. while you were there. Yeah. So I, growing up, I didn't really like do anything textile related. I had a sewing machine like in middle school that I would make like weird things with, but that mm. was like about it in terms of like fiber. So I wasn't someone who was already in cult like inclined in that area. Mm. So it was really, it was a really good experience to intern at TAC. I learned so much through the internship. And then with the internship, you can also take classes at TAC. So with, during the internship, I would like dress some of the looms, like for the after school workshops. And then I was able to take, um, a floor loom weaving class. I took two of those classes, which was sort of my introduction to weaving. And from there, I kind of started to teach myself how to do tapestry weaving off of the floor loom. Okay. Like on, on, on a frame loom or like a stand? On a frame loom. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so when, so the, at this point, the textile art center was very new in yeah. um, New York. How did you hear about it and how did you, um, and, and how did you get into getting the internship yeah that's a good question because it was so new and this was also before instagram if yeah. we can imagine that time and, and not just before instagram but like yeah and before this wave of fiber art yeah. you know that's yeah. literally happening right ha- happening right now around us so yeah, totally. yeah so how did that come about yeah so i i would always look at nifa which is a resource for artists it's new york foundation of their arts and you can look for like jobs and opportunities on there and they had posted that they were looking for interns on there and i was not familiar with the textile arts center at all because it was so all so new yeah um so yeah i just like kind of like cold applied to the internship which is also how i got the internship at dudene i imagine it would be like so different to be in college now with like social media the way it is. Right, right. Where it's like people, I feel like they get into school and they already have this like breadth of work already finished and they already know what they want to do or what field they want to go into. It's like totally different from. Yeah. To be exposed to like so much. And even when I was in college, like Tumblr and like Facebook existed, but I feel like the way Instagram is, especially for like any sort of visual practice, Mm -hmm. it's it's like completely different. Yeah, totally. So, So then what happened? So you did your internship, which was how long? It was for one semester. So I did it in the winter, spring. I think it was 2011, maybe. 
Yeah. Okay. And do you feel like right then you were sort of like bit by the the weaving bug or like how did it how did it then develop? Yeah, I think I think it developed because I was in school and I was in a pretty traditional fine art program. Mm-hmm. Pratt I has a really good like painting and sculpture drawing program, but it is a little more traditional. So I felt like I felt like weaving gave me this outlet that I wasn't like able to get in school. It's like, I felt like a lot of the professors, not all of them, I had some really amazing professors at Pratt, but some of them are these like older men artists who've lived in New York for, you know, for so long. Like they like knew Jackson Pollock at some point in time. And I felt like just wanting to like not be doing like abstract painting or whatever they were sort of like putting on to students to be doing at the time. Right. And I felt like fiber was this thing that was almost like sticking it to the man. Like it's like, this is like historically in art, it has been like women working with fiber and it felt, it just felt like freeing and like liberating. And it felt also felt accessible, which I really liked yeah. about it. And t- and to kind of just like go with it. It felt like anything was possible because it was so new to me at the time. Right, definitely. And so at this point, are you like, you're almost getting ready to graduate? I'm assuming it's kind yeah. of at that point. So then you it have to decide what you want to do. last year, yeah. Okay. So then you, you're you deciding what you want to do with your life. And yeah. um, <laughs> when, when you thought about like your traditional or, or drawing experience or, or work in the fine arts, did you, I mean, did you feel like you were going to go into that? Um, you know, after school or what, what did you feel like, what did you want your next step to be? I guess I feel like, I feel like being in school, it, I always hated what, when people were like, what are you going to do when you're out of school? Cause I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what my next step was going to be. I was just like hopeful that I could find a way to make art. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that was the place I was in. And I think with like, a fine art major, there is a little, it might be different now, but I feel like there's a lack of like career development and just like even like business practices, because in a way being like a fine artist is also like having a business. And yeah, I feel like they don't really teach you a lot about that in school. So I didn't really know like what was sort of possible. Yeah. I mean, even in my own head, I think about it and I, like, I don't know, I'm from the Midwest and, you know, I have traditional yeah. parents. And so even to think about a, a fine art degree and then what to do with that afterward, like my mind immediately goes to like, oh, I don't know, graphic design and advertising or something right. like that, you yeah. know? Um, so yeah, I, I wonder like when you're at that, you're at that point in your life and, you know, you're like, what, what am I going to do next? So what happens yeah. after that? Well, after, so then I graduated and I worked in retail in New York for a few years after college. But during that time, I had a few, like pretty much like lucky things happen. I had a couple of people approach me about having shows in their exhibits in their stores. I feel like this was sort of at the beginning of um, like the general store concept where it's like people were making these really well curated stores that had like maybe some clothing, but also like beautiful ceramic objects and other things like that. So I was approached by 10 over six, which was in Los Angeles at the time in that location doesn't exist anymore. And then Erica to knob in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And I had two exhibits there. And then after that, I think it was about a year or a 
2002, after I graduated from college, I then had my work on One King's Lane, which was like a pretty big step, I think, with my art practice. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, and how, yeah. did they, how did the other two shops discover you at the time? Was that through Instagram or? Um... So this was before Instagram. I don't know. How they really? Me. I think just like through the internet somehow, like maybe my website in a, on Tumblr or something. Oh. But it was before Instagram. Yeah. That's so which cool. Which is weird to think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Because it's like, what was the internet? What was the internet and being online and being a creative before Instagram? Yeah, it's hard that's to think why back I feel like that. it was just luck. Like yeah. I just thought, I was like doing something that was gaining popularity at the right, at the beginning of that at the right time kind right. of. Right. Oh, yeah. So interesting. So, yeah. um, so you were working retail um, for a little bit. At what point did you go off um, actually, I don't even know. Is this your full time right yeah. now? This is weaving is not my full time oh, job. Not. No, it's not. Yeah, which is I feel like has pros and cons. I currently work um, for Coral and Tusk. We make oh. um, machine embroidered home goods, and it's owned and designed by the founder Stephanie Housley. So I work with her, and we have a team of three here in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and we do. Um, I work with like doing the wholesale side and like some of the marketing stuff, but that's my full-time job. I work there Monday through Friday. Oh my gosh. I had no idea yeah. you work there. I know. I know Carl and yeah. Tusk. Um, oh, cool. well I've seen at them. I've seen them at uh, Renegade in Williamsburg. Yeah, I think yeah. like several years ago, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Cause I used to uh, yeah. write for a, a kid's st- style blog and oh, I think cool. we covered them a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah that's, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really good. It's nice. I mean, it's nice to have a day job that's within like the textile like design realm. Like it's really good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then how much time do you now, are you now able to spend on your art? So I usually spend like mornings and e- and sometimes evenings. I'm more of like a morning person, but mornings and like weekends on my own art okay. practice. Yeah. That's so crazy to me because um, actually I was just talking to uh, another fiber artist for the podcast and we were talking yeah. about you because I told her I was interviewing you and she was like, oh yeah, I mean, Alicia's work she should be charging a million dollars for that stuff because it's some of the most time consuming, yeah, I would say, really of, of all the sort of techniques that could be out there. It's like really time consuming. Yeah, no, totally. It really is. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing about not having my art practice as make the my means of making a living is like there is like the freedom to just spend time doing it. Like right. I can just like make a piece for a year if I feel like it, because it's true. like, that's not how I'm like paying my bills. Yeah, right, right. right. So so what do you do? Do you take commissions right now? Or are you sort of strictly like, I'm going to make I'm going to put it out there and see if it sells or like, what do you yeah. what do you do? Yeah, I'm always open to commission work. I do do commission work, or I'll make things for like a specific, like store if they inquire. Um, but usually I'm kind of just like making things that I want to make, like when I want to make them, which is really awesome. But like on the flip side, I feel like kind of like a con to having a day job and it's just like more work-life balance, like struggle. It's like you have like a work-life art balance thing that you're constantly trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when I was doing both, um, when I, like I had a day job and I was doing macrame at the same time and it was like just so many late nights. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, at the time I was doing made to order. So I would just have people in my queue, like I'd say, okay, there's a four to six week lead time. 
Um, you know, and then there would always just be like yeah. a list of people and I always felt that pressure. So I'd be working until like two at two, three AM and then go into my day job and then like it was like I didn't do that for very long because something had to give. Like I was just so yeah. tired, you know? So no, I no. wonder, so how do you balance all that? Like uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I don't is the on it, like the truth. Yeah. Um, cause it's hard. Like it's cause you wanna have fun on the weekends or like on your time off. Like you wanna like go I like I wanna travel or I wanna like see an exhibit at a museum. I don't always wanna be like in my studio alone, like weaving. Mm. So I think it really is just like building a schedule that works for you like I am more focused in the morning so working in the morning before I go to my job is like works better for me and then working I do like set aside at least one day every weekend to work but it really is I think it really is about like setting goals for yourself that feel attainable and like working towards them it's Mm -hmm. like I want to get 10 pieces done by this date like and then figuring out how you're going to like use your time to do that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's not easy. That's, that is like definitely yeah. one of the hardest yeah. parts about all of it. And even if you are working full time at, at your fiber practice, I feel like even that is still a difficult yeah. thing, <laughs> you know? Totally. And you have to like find the time to like, you know, focus on the business side or like marketing and then also like make things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. So your art is, um, has a very sort of specific aesthetic, um, really colorful, and your color palettes mm-hmm. are always so beautiful. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you sort of developed your technique and honed it or, or even like found inspiration for it? How did it come about? Yeah. So a lot of my work involves wrapping, and I sort of started doing that because as I was exploring weaving on a frame loom, the more I would weave, the more I would sort of question like, well, can I do this on the frame loom, or can I try to like um, manipulate the warp to where it looks this way? And it was mostly like, it's a lot of my work is like an exploration of like what is possible to weave within the limitations of just a frame. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of the wrapping came from. And then the colors, I've always been drawn to brighter colors. And I think a lot of that comes from like growing up in San Antonio, which is a very colorful city, but also like in the 90s, like watching like Nickelodeon and cartoons (laughs) like that. I feel like we're really... In, like influential to like the color palette I use now and I sort of see a lot of my work as being an interpretation of girlhood so it's like a lot of like friendship bracelet like references oh, yeah. or like when you would like wrap your hair or like a jump rope or something and so like kind of playing with those like ideas of identity with the color and like the structure of like the in the weavings yeah oh I love that I never even really thought about it that way but I can see it now that you've said it you know with like the the friendship and the um yeah and like the hair wrapping thing it's like I'm suddenly getting all these images of that from the like late 80s and 90s yeah totally Yeah. yeah and I feel like the way I weave is playful so it's almost like bringing in these other elements of play is really like in like exciting for me. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So when you sit down to start or, um, you know, when you're planning, is there planning when it comes to your pieces or do you just kind of let it flow? I, I mean, I do a little bit of both. So like, I usually have like a structure in mind. It's like, okay, I'm going to try to like, 
structure the piece in this way and then I'll kind of like let it flow more with the colors like start with the color palette and then like start adding different colors in like as the piece starts to come together okay yeah so cool so like what's behind you right now I'm really curious that Um, this is like a big piece I made that has like separate um strands that were wrapped Mm -hmm. off the loom and then woven back in so it was it was that was really time consuming but that was (laughs) sort of like like the idea of the piece was like well if you like wrap all of these elements and then like have to weave them back in it becomes like it becomes more about like the process I guess Mm -hmm. of weaving like and creating a piece like that to where like every element of the piece has like something that was like wrapped or done to it yeah yeah um so yeah so part of that was made just um I guess on a frame loom and then the rest of it is something you can just sit at right like sit at sort of sit at your desk and do yeah it's so beautiful yeah thanks yeah um so tell me a little bit about materials how do you go about choosing materials and different yarns and um uh is it just mostly based on color or um yeah so I feel like as I've I mean I've been doing this for a while now like maybe like seven years and Mm -hmm. I feel like I did a lot of like exploration of like what materials I liked to use early on and now I kind of know what I want to be using like I use mostly like a hundred percent wool for the the wrapping and for the weft and then also some like 100% cotton in there but it is a lot of it does sort of come down to the colors and then using rope like I feel like rope has become a big part of my work right. yeah um and it what uh when you were first starting out was it less like it sort of evolved into that yeah I feel like I was kind of just interested in like exploring a lot of different fibers and would also like kind of seek out um like mill ins or like second hand fibers too to kind of see how those worked and yeah I think it was more like trial and error to like get to the place that I'm at now with materials yeah um so while you're creating um do you listen to anything or watch anything or what what do you do yeah I usually listen to podcasts. Yeah. Nice. Um, do you yeah. have any that you can recommend for us? Yeah. I really like Call Your Girlfriend. Oh, um, I've never even heard of that. Yeah. It's really good. It's with um, Amina Tuso and Anne Friedman. And the premise is it's like long distance best friends who like have a conversation every week and they kind of go over current events and things like that. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. I, another one I just started listening to is called Cry Babies. And it's with Susan Orlean and I can't remember the other host's name, but what they do is each week they interview like an interesting person Mm -hmm. about different media that makes them cry. So it's like kind of, it's, it's funny and moving like at the same time. It's really, it's good. Oh, nice. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Awesome. I'm always up for good recommendations. Um, yeah, me too. I want to listen to. <laughs> um, so when you think about your fiber art business, and I guess, you know, it is it is sort of like a side thing right now. Do you have, yeah. um, what are your goals for it? Do you want to go off um, and do this full time? Or do you, will that, will that take the spark out for you a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I feel that way that it would, it'd be, it would become like a job, which seems yeah. scary. But yeah, I mean, I think like my, 
like I feel like in my dream world, it, it would be something I do full time. And I would want it to be more about like the art pieces rather than like maybe making like a consumer piece right. to send out into the world. But I'm sort of in between. I yeah, like I'm not really sure where I want to take it right now in terms of like doing it full time or not. But I think I just mostly I just want to keep doing it, yeah. which I think is says a lot. I mean, I think it's a lot to keep making work like every day, every week. It's it's a lot. <laughs> so mostly yeah. I just want to keep making work. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. So like the piece behind you around how long yeah. did that take you? That one? I like working like evenings and weekends on it probably like a couple months. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. And because your pieces are so involved, I feel like yeah. it there it is limited like how many how much you can produce in a year and totally um, yeah I mean just by sheer you know like logistical time you know yeah 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 definitely so crazy so you're in Brooklyn now which is in a very which is a very expensive place to be um do you feel like you've (laughs) found your home there you guys are going to stay put for like forever or um where would you like to be in the future if you had whatever wherever you could be and and, yeah. and money was no issue, say, like, yeah. where would you want to be? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I'll probably live here for a while. But I really would love to spend more time out west in the desert, maybe. I traveled to Marfa last year. And that was super cool just to see how people live out there in oh, totally. the that- high desert and like make a life there. And it's like, it's really cool. Like, I would love to move out there New Mexico or something one day absolutely that's actually Marfa was my like my Eureka trip like that's yeah I went there in 2015 I think and I was I went for a client I was working full-time at the time um and my whole job was to just get to know Marfa so that's so cool it was How amazing long were you there um only two nights Okay, but okay. Um, the whole trip was like so life changing. That was like I came home and I made a loom after that. Like I was like I need yeah. to start doing stuff with my hands. It was so inspiring. Just like being out there and the there's something about the quality of light and um, I don't I can't even explain it really. I was it's just like just overcome. Beautiful. It was so yeah. so amazing. And then also to see how people are living out there and it's like right. you know yeah. they have their little creative businesses or art totally. businesses or coffee shops or whatever. And it's like. You know, not living on a whole lot, but like just being there was yeah. like a and thing. Also, the, how they kind of just have their own schedule. It's like they yeah. go to work when they want to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> like you never know like, when a place is going to be open. open. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's so totally. nice. It is. How long yeah. were you out there? I was also only out there for a couple nights. Yeah. And yeah. Where did you stay? I stayed at El Cosmico. Okay, nice. I didn't yeah. get a chance to stay there. Um, yeah. But because my client, my client at the time was the Chinati Foundation. So I stayed on the grounds there, like in one of their um, apartments or whatever. But that's really cool. Yeah, no, it was definitely a a very, very special experience. Um, So for those of you listening, Marfa, (laughs) you got to go if you need like an inspo trip. That's the word. Highly recommend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, with Instagram, um, mm-hmm. well, no, let me ask this. Um, how currently are you marketing and selling your work? Is it only through your website? Um, are you, do you teach at all? And, um, like what are, what are your sort of avenues of income as far as your art? 
Yeah. So I, I actually teach tapestry at the textile arts center about once a month. It's like a short workshop that happens during the week. And then I, I just redid my website. I had like never updated my website before. So that felt really good. Um, so I have, yeah, that feels good. Like, I feel like I have plans to sort of use it more and in like a better way now that it's like fully functioning and yeah, Instagram mostly, mostly. Yeah. 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 Um, nice. And with, uh, photography, I had someone ask me to ask everybody, what kind of camera do you use? Yeah, so I am really lucky. My husband is a professional photographer. So oh, he, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> he takes like all of my um, product shots for me. And I don't know what camera he uses, but it's, yeah, they, they look nice. And then for Instagram, I do use my iPhone a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, and do you use an app, um, like a photo, a photo editing app? I only um, really edit in Instagram. I feel like they've really updated those features. Yeah, they have. Yeah, Yeah. they are really good, actually. Um, So when you think about, um, like, your life before you found fiber art and you think about now – Besides just the fact that you're you've grown up and you're older or whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, do you, do you feel somehow like changed or different in like I don't know in in your emotional state or your uh, confidence? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I especially because I feel like a lot of people talk about like the meditative nature of making fiber art, mm-hmm. whereas I feel like I. I feel like I understand how long it takes for things to be made and have like a more of an appreciation for handmade things, but also for things that you purchase in a store, like to think about the processes that go into what, how things are made that you surround yourself in your daily life. Like Mm. I making work with fiber has really changed the way I think about that. Yeah. That's so true. I don't even think about that very often, but I like, yeah, Yeah. no, that's so true. I definitely make more of an effort to buy, um, you know, buy a handmade or totally, or you understand like why something costs as much as it does. Like I'm, I'm never going to complain about like the cost of something again. Absolutely. (laughs) No, it's so true. So, so true. Yeah. Um, so do you have any advice for people who are kind of starting out now? You know, we do have this, I feel like we have this influx of people interested in, in the fiber arts, um, that we hadn't seen, I think like, you know, uh, six, seven years ago. Um, do you have any advice that you would offer about, um, offer to them about, you know, finding their creativity or finding their, um, just their space or their voice in this, in in this field? Yeah, I think I would say to just like explore and have fun with it. Like in making mistakes is a huge part of learning and like finding your voice too. Like if you have an idea, like go for it and try it out and see if it works. And if it doesn't, you learn from it to make like your next piece or if it does, that's great. But I think like not putting yourself up to like your expectation of what you think your work should look like and just really like diving in and doing it and exploring it first, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And with Instagram and social media and everything being so big um, and, you know, you've seen it go through its changes and everything. uh, Does it, do you ever see work that's similar to yours and how do you deal with it and, and how do you process that? Yeah. 
Um, I feel like sometimes I see things that I know were maybe inspired by my work, but I actually inspired by. Yeah, (laughs) I'm air quoting. I do feel like I haven't actually had anything completely ripped off yet, and I do feel pretty fortunate about that. Because I'm pretty sure it's because it takes a gazillion freaking years to do it, so nobody wants to go that far. (laughs) That's really true. Um, but yeah, so I do feel good about that because I, that's just awful. Like that feel must feel really bad to see that. And I know a lot of people have had their work directly ripped off Mm -hmm. and yeah, I totally understand that. But at the same time, it does seem like now, I mean, for one, like fiber is not and creating textile work is like not a new thing. Like most of the things we're all doing have been done by someone else. Um, like my work, I feel like I wouldn't be where I am if Sheila Hicks didn't exist. Like Mm -hmm. that's so true. But, um, yeah, I think it's hard to navigate just the influx of images. Like people are always looking at And you may have seen, it's like you may have seen an image and forgotten about it, but it's still in your brain somewhere and made something unintentionally like someone else. It is like something that seems really hard to navigate, which I think it is just more about like exploring and like finding your own voice. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know I've been, I've been sort of just thinking about it a lot and, um, because it is really hard, like, especially with my current business being, you know, I'm sort of stepped away from making as many mm-hmm. pieces and it's now more, um, you know, produce, pr- uh, providing supplies and things like that. And so I'm, I'm even, I'm on Instagram even more than I ever was before right? Um, for that purpose. And so, yeah, I don't know, even in my own, in my own creative journey, I feel like I almost feel stifled because I'm looking at so much of it, you yeah. know, and that like, I need to force myself to step away so that the next time yeah. I want to make something, I want to be really, really, really original with it. You know? Yeah, like you need like a clean slate, like to not think about those things. That makes sense. And yeah. I feel like with macrame too, it's super tricky because you're really, everyone's working with like the this, one same material. Like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's same, hard. Yeah. Same material and same like, you know, handful of knots, you know. Yeah, but, totally. Yeah. But then at the same time, there's total freedom in it. So mm-hmm. Like there are so many ways you can take a piece. Um, I just, yeah, I, I always like hope that people will see more freedom than limitations, you know? No, definitely. But I think it's hard because we are looking so closely on, at social media and being inspired and influenced by each other. So yeah, um, yeah, maybe like just the important thing is to step away from it. Yeah, <laughs> and like definitely. yeah, Let's take a vacation from it. Totally. So <laughs> yeah. actually, when do you ever have like create like moments where you're feeling really creatively stuck, and how do you get yourself out of it? Yeah, I I feel like living in New York is really awesome for that because you can go to a museum or a gallery or like go to an event, and that is always really helpful for me. I feel like that's probably how I get unstuck. Or even just, like, watching, like, a movie you maybe wouldn't have watched before. Reading, like, a book, like, someone else recommended that wasn't on your list. I think sometimes just, like, stepping outside of yourself and looking in other areas that you don't necessarily think of first helps. Right, definitely. Yeah. Um, do you still draw at all? Or, or do anything fine art-wise that you yeah. used to do? I used to, I kind of haven't been drawing lately. I have been for a while, but I'd say like in the last year, I haven't really made a drawing, which Mm -hmm. is weird, but that is like a nice way to 
get unstuck. I think that is one of, for a while was like how my practice sort of worked. Like if I was like weaving something for a while, I would like switch back to drawing. So that has helped me, but I haven't really been drawing lately. Why do you think that is? I think it's because I'm too busy. Yeah. I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally understandable. I'm not sure, though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm stuck with drawing. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I get that. stuck. <laughs> that would make, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> it, it ebbs and flows both ways, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, um, I just have some like random questions now um, yeah, that fine. don't necessarily have to do with fiber art. But uh, if you were a color, what color would you be? Oh, wow. I think I would probably be pink because that's my favorite color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine and too. it's bright and like friendly. And I mean, it's also very popular right now. So that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, what is one of the things on your bucket list? Um, I guess, I mean, I have a lot of travel destinations mostly. Like I really would like to go to Egypt and um, like do like a South American – a trip where you're there for like a month or something. Oh, that would and, be amazing. Yeah. Like maybe like a textile trek through South America. Yeah. Or uh, actually, have you been to Morocco? I feel like yeah, your work. Oh, I just went. You did? Oh, well, I was going to say, like, your work <laughs> reminds me of like the, a lot of those colors. Yeah. 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 That was incredibly inspiring. Yeah. I went in March. Oh, nice. Tell, can you tell me more? Like, what did yeah. you do? What did you see? Where did you stay? Yeah. So I was there for. I think 10 days and I, we went to Fez and we were there for a few days. Um, we went to, from Fez, we went on a day trip to Belubalus where the ruins are. Mm-hmm. And then we also went to Marrakesh, Essaouira. And then we, at the end of the trip, stayed in the High Atlas in a small like Berber village there, which was really cool. Oh my but, gosh. It's so amazing. Yeah, it was really, really amazing. It was unlike any other place I've ever experienced. I keep telling everyone they got to go. Like it's really easy to travel there with the train system and people are super friendly. Um, but like the Riyads, like the hotels that you stay in are beautiful and like super comfortable. The food is so good. I feel like it's everything you want in a trip. And especially if you're interested in like craftsmanship and textiles. Yeah. And, yeah. That's like totally my dream trip. I, really, I feel like I just need really, to do that soon. Yeah. I highly recommend it. And if you're in Europe, it's really fast to get from there. And for New York, it was pretty fast. It was like six or seven hours on a plane. Oh yeah. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Gotta do it. Gotta do it before I get too old. (laughs) Um, Let's see. If you had a time machine, what point in the past or future would you want to visit? Oh my gosh. Wow. I think I maybe would want to go to the future just to see how it's going. Yeah. See what's happening there. I don't think I would want to go in the past. I feel like we've already, we've made it so far. Right. (laughs) Why would go back and we just keep yeah. repeating history it seems exactly yeah <laughs> so the future we're bound to be like maybe in self-driving cars however making the same freaking mistakes, mistakes. yeah <laughs> it's true i would like to see if we're st- like that we're still here that would be interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right like uh what's it called the uh the rapture the rapture's happening yeah. <laughs> there's like four people on earth yeah <laughs> Um, okay, last one. What is your current favorite Instagram account, fiber or non-fiber? Maybe just something that is very, inspi- excuse me, inspiring to you. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. 
everybody has a hard time with this one. Yeah. I think it's because like nobody's used to saying the names out loud. I think that's it too. <laughs> I feel like there's a couple accounts I just started following and I'm like, I can't even remember what their handles are. I started following this account yesterday. I mean, it's they have like a million followers, so I'm sure it'd be easy to look up, but it's all, um, it features all these like miniatures, oh. like hand painted miniatures. And a lot of it follows um, students at this school in Maine where you can like study how to make like small handmade miniatures. And the miniatures That's have so cool. Yeah, they have like everything from like um, like tiny mushrooms to like a little store. It's really cool. interesting. Oh my god, that's like the yeah. most adorable thing I've ever heard. Like you just want to like grab all the little guys. Yeah, it's so fascinating. It's like wow, like somebody made that and like spent a, probably a lot of time on something so small. You right, know? like really detailed, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. So there was one of like a cat and it was like playing with a cat toy, but it looked so real. But then you see in the photo, there's like a hand there and it's so small. It was oh, really how cute. Funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to find it. Yeah. How fun. Oh gosh. Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, you I want to be mindful of your time, but uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so cool getting to know you and like how yeah. you got to this point where you are, which is so amazing. Um, oh, real quick, I forgot to ask, do you have anything that you wanted to promote, like anything happening in the near future, um, uh, workshops or anything? Not really. I have some projects that I'm working on now that I'll probably be talking more about in the fall. So I'm excited about that. So just stay stuff, tuned. stuff you can announce. <laughs> or I haven't like fully formed like okay. the whole project. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. more so that than that I can't announce it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, definitely tune in. Stay tuned. Definitely. I will yeah. keep on following your Insta. And you guys should also go. Um, it's Alicia Scardetta. It's just your name, right? At, yeah. At Alicia Scardetta. And I'll put everything in the show notes. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thanks so much. Well, thank you. Bye. This is fun. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Okay. Cool. Uh, that was nice. Yeah. Awesome. That was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope you didn't like feel uncomfortable or weird. It's like uh, such a new thing for me to have to um, – it's a different place to be, like knowing that you're going to yeah. be in someone's ears and like um, the whole interview thing is like I feel like I need to go to interview school. But it seems hard. You did a really good job though and I feel like you had like really good questions and like good follow-up. Okay, good. I feel like the worst thing is when you're listening to an interview and you're like, were they even listening? Like, what? like it's just like question after question. But I re- it was really good. It had like a nice flow to it, I think. Okay, good. I hope yeah. so. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, it does seem hard. I feel like also, I feel like as an interviewer, it's like up to you to like keep things going. Yeah. I feel like that would be hard for me. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. I feel like I'm like I'm getting a little bit better. My first interview was with Lindsay um, Campbell at Hello Hydrangea, who's, oh, cool. who's also like kind of a friend. And so I think what that almost yeah. made it worse because like I know stuff about her already. So then it was just like yeah. kind of repeating stuff. So then I didn't. I realized I didn't when I got off the phone with her. I was like, crap. There was so much I should have dug deeper into and like asked right. more about. And I just like stopped at like very surface level. So I'm like, ah, damn it. I feel like we had to do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that, that like interviewing friends is harder. Yeah. I think so. That's why I didn't, I actually didn't research you at all except to like scroll back to your Insta and like just look at your beginning work to see like how it's evolved to now. But other than that, I like didn't want to do any research. So yeah, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it it was a good strategy. Yeah. Um, well, I will definitely let you know when this launches, um, 
Oh, let me take a quick picture. Uh, so I, I've been posting them in my stories to be like, coming soon. Um, I'm going to take a picture. Okay. Oh, hold on. I got to get rid of my questions on the screen because that's going to look funny. Hold on. <laughs> okay, good. Maximize. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you again so much. And yeah. hopefully I'll talk to you soon. And maybe like um, if I'm in Brooklyn at some point, we can totally. grab coffee yeah. or something. That would be so fun. Yeah. All right. Cool. cool. All okay. right. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Bye. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on neuromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the Fiber Artist Podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.